I applied and uh, I completely forgot about this. And two months later, uh, they called me from LA and invited me, asked me actually, invited yeah, to represent Lithuania in the national contest. First of all, so I won. I became a Mrs. Lithuania. Welcome to a new episode of Most Memorable Journeys. My guest today is very beautiful. And um, I'm not just saying that because most of my guests are beautiful, but she is Miss Lithuania after all. And uh, she's so much more than that. She is a wellness coach. She is the mother of two beautiful children. She has experience in the travel industry. She worked for the Lithuanian airports and she was a flight attendant, which I always wanted to be and never managed. Welcome to Most Memorable Journeys, Grete Brokiene. I'm never sure if I say your name right. Did I say it right? You made it amazing. Good morning, Elizabeth. It's so good to have you here. And we are recording this on Zoom and you are in Lithuania in the middle of a NATO meeting. I mean, you're I guess you're not attending, but you're affected by it. Actually, we are very affected. And most of the people, they left uh, the capital, Vilnius. Due to this, uh, we have a closed airport now. The flights, I, I mean, the commercial flights are not operating for three days. But actually, I have a plans uh, to go to listen uh, at Joe Biden on Thursday in Vilnius University main hall. There's going to be like a public speech. He's going to make a public speech after the NATO summit. But at the moment, I'm just trying to imagine uh, how long it's going to be the queue. Anyway, they're doing the regist registration. They're having this airport security in, in the middle of the city. But uh, I hope I'm going to make it. It's really interesting. I mean, this is a unique event for us. We are 19 years, the same actually as Cyprus, I guess. Yes, in NATO. We made it the same day, same year, I guess. 2014. I, yeah? Oh my God, you're embarrassing me here. I have no idea. <laughs> but, um... I am uh, like for 100% percent i know that we became a member of european union in the same day i think it was the first of may 2004 that Not, i know that is correct yeah. so we made it together that's true so, and i was in poland i was at the conference in poland when cyprus joined the eu so you were very close <laughs> i was very close so yeah i mean this is very exciting and i'm glad that you have the opportunity i am sure that you're gonna i i'm ex i'm expecting a selfie with joe biden my dear so let's do it. Let's do I it. You. I know you. You are a doer. You are not just a talker <laughs> and you get things done. So let's go back a little bit. You were yes. born in Lithuania. Um, from what I remember, your parents are in the hotel industry. So you, yes. were, you were obviously maybe already prone a little bit to end up in the hospitality industry. Am I right? Once my father uh, became like more close with the hospitality business, everybody who knows who knows me in Lithuania. I mean, at that time, I was not a well-known person or a celebrity or blah blah blah. I was, in, I don't know, a teenager, fourteen, fifteen years. So they used to call me Paris Hilton because my father had, uh, yeah, it's, it's true, like had the most expensive and luxury, luxurious hotel in Vilnius. So, so you are yeah. the Lithuanian Paris Hilton. <laughs> I mean, they were making jokes of me because it's so funny. When I was 13, something like this, actually Paris Hilton was my idol. This is true. Yeah. Okay. I, I, let's, I, I think I would uh, look at you 
with much more respect than Paris Hilton. But that, that's another story. Oh, it's just a show off. Yeah. <laughs> but so you started working at some point for Wizz Air. How did this come about? I mean, you had, did you enjoy, did you want to be a flight attendant? Did you enjoy, like I'm telling you, I've been telling you so many times. I regret, uh, one thing I regret in my life is that I never became a flight attendant. First of all, it's never too late. I told you last <laughs> <that> year. <laughs> yes, uh, it's a very beautiful story, I think, and I'm very proud of it because actually I grew up in the airport, in Vilnius airport, because my grandfather, he was a, uh, a head of cargo department and my father, he was a head of eco finance, finance yeah, department. So half time I was attending kindergarten, half time I was spending my days with them in the airport. Of course, uh, let's say 27, 26 years ago, the security and the rules were different. We were more free, like the airport territory and everything. So I just remember the first Lithuanian national airline uh, where my father and grandfather worked for. And I remember these young, beautiful ladies, stewardesses, <laughs> flight attendants. And actually, they were like a nannies for me at that time. And I promised myself when I was a little girl that definitely once I'm going to do it also. And uh, when I was... 20 years old I was in the first that was that was my first year in university I was having my first bachelor a law law studies and I decided that I still need a job so I made it like I passed the uh, the recruitment yeah recruitment yeah I applied and I passed it uh, it was a second aircraft for Vilnius base from Vizard it's, it's a Hungarian low-cost airlines but it wasn't a low cost Lithuania. It was different because the staff, the crew were really uh, educated and uh, trained for the the best service because it doesn't matter where you work for. It's, it's like my own experience. If I work in Wizard or after all, I work for Maserati. It doesn't matter who is your client. So just go that extra mile. So I was flying for two, almost two years and I made it. I mean, I made my childhood dream came true. I didn't. I didn't. And yeah, you say it's never too late, but you know, it's a tiring job. I think that's one thing that you can confirm standing and, and walking and, and being in a high altitude. Um, you know, because I have actually, I, I remember talking to you about it. And when everybody was looking for flight attendants two years ago after COVID, when everybody wanted to, I, I, I was actually considering it, but I think I will have to do that in my next life because you do agree with me that it is hard work. It depends. I mean, you get used to it. For Wizard, it was quite easy because you leave from the home base, you do your job like particular hours on like through the day, and then you go back home and you sleep in your bed and you get used to it. I mean, it's just an experience. So more than hard, it was fun. It was my young days. I mean... Okay, I'm still feeling young, but uh, at that time, they really taught to teach me a lot about uh, responsibility, security, everything, because I was very young. I was youngest in the crew at that time. 
Yes, and I'm sure you did a beautiful because I mean, just looking at you, I remember when I met you the first time. I remember when you came to the first Global Woman Club meeting and you came with your kids. And I was just, I thought, wow, what a beautiful woman. I mean, people must have been looking at you on that plane. And, um, you know, they must have been wondering, who is this? And it's after all, it was Paris Hilton. Yeah, that's so funny. Actually, uh, when you speak about that, that this job is hard, there is a, it's true. I mean, but in the different, I mean, it depends on you because previously in the high school, I was dancing a sport dance for 12 years. So like I have a high uh, tolerance. Yeah. But uh, for example, when you become uh, a flight attendant, your discipline, your daily habits, your daily routine, it's just, it's destroyed. So it affected me, affected my, uh, let's say, general health, my weight, my sleep, headache, blah, blah, blah. But I found a solution. I mean, this is how it started. Then 10 years later, I am a wellness coach. So actually, I'm very thankful for the wizard and this kind of experience and my choose, what I chose these 10 years ago for, for what I have now. Because I had a problem and I solved it with my own knowledge, with my, uh, I just wanted to become more and more like professional in this field. So now when people say, says, uh, when people say that, oh, I don't have a time for a proper nutrition, for a physical activity, for a stress management, for a sleep. I said, are you seriously? And I have a story to tell for all of them because I remember, as I said, Wizard is a low-class company and they provide uh, a new uniforms for a crew every single year. It's once per year when you have a new uniform. When I was leaving my job, when I was leaving the wizard, my manager, my boss, she was begging, leave faster because you look like a homeless because I lost 25 kilos I gained during, the, during my career in the wizard. And this uniform was looking on me like, Oh, Jesus Christ, like a bag of potatoes, something like this. And I remember a security guy is making jokes of me because, you know, I was passing the security and they were doing the x-ray for my bags, for a, uh, like crew bags, seeing like, uh, I don't know, beetroots with the courage or something like this, like a healthy dishes, you know, and they were asking and making fun. What is this, Greta? Are you on a diet or something? Or I just would, I was, you know, just creating my new routine, which will help me to feel better. I was young. It's not normal when you are like 20, 21, overweighted and feeling like really bad. So you actually talk from experience. And I think that is always, it's so much better when you have when you are a coach or whatever you are and you can actually you have actually experienced these things yourself and from experience and um this is you know whatever we have done in our lives makes us what we are we become the result of all the things that we experience and That's uh, that's that's exactly what you did and that's why you are such a good wellness coach but we're not at the wellness coach stage yet I want to talk about Mrs. Lithuania how did that come about it was a bad <laughs> it was a bad with my husband it's really like funny story to tell but in the end I think that all the stories in my life are very funny so in general like you know I never 
hear too much about this external beauty or beauty contests or like uh, I don't know fancy dresses and and etc. But uh, we were in Bali with my family with my with Alexandras and Leila. Leila was like eleven months old at that moment. There was a local contest, Mrs. Indonesia or something like this, and I was just sitting having a dinner and. It's not a shame for me to tell now making a little bit jokes of these ladies and Mrs. Indonesia. And Alexandra just said, like, why are you doing like this? I mean, why are you making jokes? Are you jealous for them? I was like, no, no, why should I? And he said, I bet you would never do this. I said, really? So I applied for a Mrs. Globe because last year, like it was 2019. So in, in 2018, we have a winner from Lithuania, Tatiana Lovinovic. I applied and uh, I completely forgot about this. And two months later, uh, they called me from LA and invited me, asked me actually, invited yeah, to represent Lithuania in the national contest. First of all, so I won. I became a Mrs. Lithuania. And then, surprise, surprise, look, I'm pregnant again with the second baby. <laughs> it was so unexpected. But still, I decided to go to Mrs. Globe. So I went to Hong Kong, pregnant 16 weeks with the baby Alexander. I made it to top 10. Nobody knew, nobody, just me, that I'm expecting a baby. And at the same moment, COVID started. So it was a huge change in, in my life, a breakdown, a completely, I don't know, emotional breakdown, everything, because you, you know what COVID did to us. And it was funny because we came back from Hong Kong in December. In January, we visited Cyprus, like, you know, discussing, should we try to live here someday? And then they closed everything for two years. So only two years later, we moved to Cyprus. Did you tell when you were at this Mrs. Um, it's called Mrs. World? No, what is Mrs. it? Mrs. Globe. Mrs. Globe. Did you tell them that you were pregnant at the end? No, I- no. No, no, no. I was completely zipped up. Nobody knew except me. I told them. I mean, I told them during the the after party. There was a like really, uh, how to say? Not a, yeah, let's say luxury after party, after the contest, la la la. And I tell them while on the stage. So they were shocked. Everybody was shocked. What was it like during that contest? Were women nice to each other? What's the experience? Because this is an interesting thing you did, you know. it's it's. Um, I've always wondered in all these beauty contests, whether it's Miss World, Miss Universe or, or Mrs. Globe in your case, are women supportive or are women mean? Because, you know, we often talk about it, that women are jealous of each other. They're envious. Um, what was it like? What was your experience? I mean, you surely you cannot speak for everybody else, but what yeah. was this experience? So I actually, I had the same stereotype, let's say, as you are telling about. Before going there, you know, I, as, I, as I told you, I was dancing a sport dance for 12 years. So this natural uh, conference or how to call it was inside me. So I, I left the contest uh, with a little bit nose up, expecting like jealous and dramas and conflicts and etc. But none of them happened. It was ex- completely different than I imagined. There were ladies from 65 countries. I was the youngest. 
and uh, all the ladies they have their own story to tell and their own uh, reason why they are participating in the contest and all these stories and all these reasons they were part of them they were so dramatic um for example um, loss of the kids kids miscarriages sexual violence mrs china she was blind the mother of three she was blind uh, doing the performances while her husband kept her hand a woman from estonia mrs estonia she was uh, from the interpol a police woman <laughs> wow yes I I never told you this. It's, it's no, a, it I don't a, know. No. For me, it was a game changer because we have this, you know, in between the women, especially the young ladies, like some, I don't know, jealous or something like this, not being friendly, not supporting each other. And this contest really changed my point of view and inspired me to work uh, with the women more not more, only with the woman. So after I came back from China, I opened my own studio, this wellness nutrition studio, where I said, I'm going to support the woman as much as I can. That so is it's my point of view. I mean, I understood there's no time. You don't have to waste your time like being jealous or doing dramas, conflicts or something like this. When women support each other, magic happens. There's no bigger power. <laughs> That is amazing. And that's what I what I was hoping to hear. And I was hoping you would say, but I think that it it has a lot to do also. And I want to give a little shout out here to Tracy Campbell, because I think the leadership of these events is very important. The way things are presented, I think coming, it comes from the top. I hope so. It comes from the top, but definitely, this, I mean, she created it. She she made it. She let every single woman feel their best in this competence, in this contest, sorry. Uh, I remember her words during the, it wasn't a final speech maybe in Hong Kong. It was a personality event where all of us, we had to introduce ourselves and her speech was so inspiring. I was crying. Of course, all the hormones <laughs> worked for me also because I was sitting pregnant, <laughs> but it was really very inspiring. And actually this is, that was the first time I heard such a deep and emotional speech. And she said uh, to all of us, I know ladies that now you, all of you are in the best shape, in the best mood, in the best, um, best looking ever, tralala, something like this, but we are all equal and we are all a queen. We're all having our own crowns. She was trying to create um, a leadership, a leadership, yeah, for each of us to feel a community, a sisterhood. So she's successful here, I think. I think so too. She, I did a podcast episode with her. I can't right now remember which number it is, but I will put it in the show notes if somebody who is listening to us wants to listen to that one as well, because that was a good one. So, she has a story to tell, yeah. So. Yeah, so my dear Grete, let's talk about food and nutrition and wellness and and. um how do we begin? Because you have studied all this, you have lived all this, you have experience. And let's say I am a flight attendant like you were, who is feeling unwell, who has not been eating well, who doesn't get enough sleep. 
where do you start with these women? What do you do first when they, because, you know, you are in a good, you're in good shape, you're in a good state. And then somebody comes to you and maybe reminds you of yourself, I don't know, 10 years ago. How do you start this process? Your nutrition really starts not on your plate, but it starts in your brain. So that's why also I'm gra- I graduated like in this ICF International Coaching Federation. And uh, the emotional state of mind is the most important. So I always ask the woman, how do you feel? How are you today? What is food for you? What do you feel when you eat? Can you tell me what is the main function of food in your lifestyle? Is it a pleasure or is it just uh, for you to stay alive? So I always start with the open questions. I let woman find the dialogue with her with herself. The value is way, way more bigger than a nutrition plan. Of course, I do this also, but this is a later step, you know. But when I remember myself at that time, really, Elizabeth, I, I was a dancer. I was looking amazing while being a teenager and later on. And now what I wanted to say. Yeah, I was looking amazing. And when you, you see your body's changing, you're, you're feeling not that good. You don't have enough of energy, but you don't understand what's wrong with you. You, you. you start to blame your job. You start to blame everyone around. You try all the possible diets, plants, or experiments with yourselves. And you just waste two years for this. In the end, you find the basics. You find the proper nutrition. You find the breakfast. You find the lunch. You find plenty of water. You skip the McDonald's and fast food. And this is it. So I speak a a lot about the mother nature and its impact. I try to remind for a woman the principles of basics to create the fundamental fundamental background for her. Because nowadays we have a, a huge influence of social media, of articles, of portals, news, etc. And we are ready to believe in it and to forget the simple things what is true. So my main job is to remind the simple things for a big price. That sounds amazing because at the end of the day, every single one of us knows every single diet that exists in the world. And we, you know, we should, at the end of the day, we should know what to do, but we're not doing it. And I think this is why one needs a coach because you, yeah. you want, we, we need somebody for a while who holds our hand a little bit and takes us to where we need to go to start again, to start fresh, as you say, to, to become more natural, because it's often also frustration when you're when you've been trying every single diet and you realize that it's not working. You know, it's 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 just it, instead of instead of losing weight, every time you finish a diet, you put on more. So diets don't work. It's about lifestyle, right? Completely. It's about lifestyle. You know, uh, one time when I lost uh, a lot of weight and I made myself feel better in the wizard, it's not the only time. Life goes on. I mean, after I had uh, changes in my, in my job, I was a corporate lady. It also made an impact. Later, one pregnancy, then another pregnancy, which was uh, crucial for me. I mean, the second one was extremely emotional hard and all these emotional eatings because of the COVID because nobody knows what's going to happen how we're going to I mean I had to to give a birth for a for a son everything is 
in the end, it's all about your emotions. And when the woman understands that she's a friend with her emotion, doesn't matter, is it bad or good, uh, tiring, uh, I don't know, uh, makes you, ma- making you feel scary, doesn't matter. When you become, become, become a friend with it and you understand that this is a part of your identity and nothing's going to change, you're going to live it till the end of, of your life, you just admit it and everything becomes more easy especially the nutrition, because you're starting to understand in which part of the day or which part of your emotional state you cover your emotions, bad emotions maybe, with the food, with the snacks, with the junk food especially, because this is how you provocate the dopamine, all the endorphins, they happen as hormones. So let's stay in reality. I love to to say for a woman, let's stay in reality. The trips, the vacations, the parties are waiting for you and you can do whatever you want, but your basic, at least 18%, 80% of your this fundamental nutrition, it must be not clean. I don't like the word clean, but proper, let's say proper. And the so, other 20%, yeah, yes, let's say leave it for a soul. <laughs> So what you're saying is, I like that because what you're saying is that you don't always have to be so disciplined. You can't, because if you are, you're going to sort of want to, you know, shoot yourself because you end up thinking, I'm never, ever going to eat something that I really enjoy. And on the other hand, I have learned as well that you can get to like those things. You know, those things that you first think, I I look at your stuff that you post on social media and I look at how beautifully you present some of those salads or whatever it is. And you put a little nuts and the little seeds and the little this and the little that. And I think because the eye eats as well, it's, uh, and you say the mind eats, it's not just the body that needs food, it's the mind that needs food. And I think it's very important how you present things. That's true. In my job, uh, for example, in my Instagram, or uh, what I speak, what I post, what I text, what I write, it's all about me. I don't have any like assistance or something else, but my job is a part, I mean, it's my lifestyle. My lifestyle, I'm selling a new lifestyle, not a nutrition plan. I'm creating a new lifestyle for people and everything I do, I take pictures, I eat, I create recipes, is a part of me. And it's so it's. Thank you. It's it's an example to follow because I know that this is only audio, but if people could see you and if they could see you now and you said that you're not looking good because last night you said you had a drink and you see that's the good thing, ladies and gentlemen, even though you have a healthy lifestyle, even though if you are a beautiful woman like Grete who looks like crazy healthy, you can still have a drink. Definitely. There's always a, a how to say it. There's always, there is always a reason for a glass of champagne, especially when your mom is the most, uh, the most professional champagne master and sommelier in this Lithuania. So there's no excuses. You have to make it. I told you. No, I didn't know. I knew that your mom, I know that your parents are in the hospitality industry. I know that your parents are hotel owners, but I never knew that. I think maybe your mom is a potential podcast uh, episode. Uh, (laughs) Does she speak? Definitely. Oh my God, Elizabeth. And this is the other story. Uh, It's really, it's, it's also an inspiring story because when I was a kid, when I was a small girl, she was a midwife. Can you imagine? A midwife. And she was so exhausted after all of this job. She went to pharmacy and she was working for sharing or for a Pfizer, some of the big companies. And in the end, she completely lost herself. 
So they went to France, me and, sorry, not me, my mom and my dad, they were celebrating a wedding anniversary, something like this. And they went to Champagne, the region. Mm -hmm. And she tasted the first champagne. I mean, the real champagne in her life. This is it. It was in 2005. She found her passion. She found her hobby. And in the end, she monetized it. So now she is a judge in the big competitions and the worldwide meetings. She's a sommelier. She's creating a wine list for a famous restaurants. She's the best in champagne. She has her own academy. Wow, I never from knew the that. Midwife, from the midwife to the champagne master. The same as me, from the flight attendant to corporate lady, and in the end to my biggest passion, wellness and food. And you studied law. You started off studying law. Did you yeah. start? Why did you study law? It was an impact from my father. <laughs> <laughs> really, in this school time, I didn't know, like, I didn't know uh, what to do later. I didn't, I had no idea where to go to university, what to study, really. I, all my classmates or my friends, they were so sure they were preparing themselves for uh, uh, government exams. Yeah, mm-hmm. like this something like this. They were sure what they want to do, what they want to become. And I was completely lost. I had it in my mind, the nutrition or even the medicine, but there was a very strict word from the side. No, you go and do the law. So it's also a funny story to tell. I was doing my exams, the government exams in 2010. And this year I decided to go for a second bachelor for nutrition and I had to pass a government biology exam. So I made it two weeks ago together with the school kids. <laughs> it was so Congratulations. Fun. Yeah, it's kind of like an A-level thing to be able to, uh, to, to, be able to start the, 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 um, the studies. You can, in Lithuania, uh, no, I mean, you can do the exam, you can repeat the exams every single year. Okay. Fine, okay. just you have to be f- graduated like in a, in a med school, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but you know what you said again now, this was so inspirational. I don't think you realize what you said. And, and this is, I am a huge um, defender of this. You have to start off somewhere. You're, you know, you're, you're a young person. Your parents want you to study. You have no idea what you want to do. You do it. You go and do, you finish something. And I feel, I feel like even if you don't like that first three year degree, just finish the bloody thing because it's yeah. good to have, you know, don't give up, do it. And yeah. then, and then start because that's when you get older, you get more mature. And that's when you understand and you realize what you like, what do I want? And then have the courage to do it. No, I mean, in the end, I'm very thankful for my dad, like for all the, for all the things he told me, like you go and dance because that was his influence to go and dance the sport dance for 12 years to go and study law or even he found the first, actually he made me work uh, before the, the wizard I was doing my, like, I was a trainee, yeah, in trainee mm-hmm. in, Rad- in Radisson Blue Hotels. Yeah. By some, when I was a teenager, so I was assisting a housekeeping department, the kitchen. That was he. Go and do, go and work, go and see the first money. Despite the fact that they are a rich people, they it was never, it was never nothing like on my on the plate, you know. Yeah, yeah, I think so this was uh, crucial, crucial. It's very important. 
Of course, of course. But I think it's also very, very important to actually then have the courage to follow your heart. And I think when I see what you do and I see you, I know that you are doing exactly exactly what you want to do. In Lithuania, we have a really a good situation for a, for a motherhood because this uh, maternity leave is for three years. So when Leila was born, she was one month old when I decided that I want to to start something with the nutrition and wellness because I had a lot of knowledge, but like where to use it, you know? So I started to study. It was an online studies to consult friends at the beginning, just mm-hmm. try and try and try. And after all, when, uh, after, when I became a Mrs. Lithuania, I just used this title and used the label to be more famous. Oh, absolutely. Nothing happens by chance. This is, no, of course not. But you see opportunities appear, but many people don't see them. You, you, you That's why you use them. They don't appear. We create them. Some, of them, appear, some of them appear and we ignore them though. You know, we, we, we have to take the, the, sometimes something is offered to you and you think about it too long instead of just saying, yes, yes, I'm going to do it. And then you figure out how you do it. Yeah. It's also, you know, it's all the same about the life balance. You don't find it. You create it. Absolutely. Absolutely. We're coming. This was so much fun. We're coming to the end already, Grete. I I, yeah. um, I, really, really love talking to you. And I have learned so many new things about you, even though I've known you for three years. Any, any last words? Any last advice? Anything else you want to tell to the people who are listening to our podcast episode? Yes. I'd like to wish for everyone to follow their intuition and this gut feeling inside. But at the same time, just stay in critical thinking and critical mindset, then magic happens. But believe in yourself. You are the only person you're going to spend all the rest of your life. So you don't have anyone else to trust with. Wow. Beautiful. Beautiful. Thank you so much for being on Most Memorable Journeys today. Grete Brokiene. Ta-da! If you enjoy my podcast, please like, share and subscribe to my channel. You will find all the information in the show notes.